Well, good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta, shuffling some papers here, <laughs> wondering what that noise was. And uh, we're joined right now with Peggy by Peggy Stanton, who's the author of From the White House to the White Cross. She's a dame of the Order of Malta and was an ABC News uh, first female Washington correspondent. Uh, she's hosted a number of programs for Ave Maria Radio, including the Malta Minute with the Catechism. And um, Peggy, good to have you back here. Thanks. Thank you, Al. Good to be here. Well, this is a good weekly get-together for us, and uh, we've got the Gospel reading coming up. It's from Luke chapter 19, the first 10 verses of it, and it's the the much-beloved pa- passage dealing with uh, Zacchaeus. Mm-hmm. So I'll read it, uh, and then we'll let you begin to expound on it. At that time, Jesus came to Jericho and intended to pass through the town. Now a man there named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector and also a wealthy man, was seeking to see who Jesus was. But he could not see him because of the crowd, for he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree in order to see Jesus, who was about to pass that way. When he reached the place, Jesus looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down quickly, for today I must stay at your house. And he came down quickly and received him with joy. When they all saw this, they began to grumble, saying, He's gone to stay at the house of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Behold, half of my possessions, Lord, I shall give to the poor, and if I have extorted anything from anyone, I shall repay it four times over. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a descendant of Abraham, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save what was lost." It's a beautiful passage, beautifully told, beautifully written, and uh, as I said, it's it's one of the more beloved uh, gospel stories. Uh, is it? Why is that? I think it's because he's short. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think because I think because that's the first thing that you think. He's a, we know he's a tax collector, but mm-hmm. it's easy to forget. That he was the chief tax collector. Right, right. And it's also easy to forget that he was a wealthy man because mm-hmm. what seems to be most clear about him mm-hmm. is that he's short <laughs> and he has to climb a tree, tree. Yeah. <laughs> to see Jesus. And that's right. what we remember about him. So it's, it's kind of like, well, he's kind of a small guy. We, we're kind of fond of him, you know? Yeah, and, and he humbled himself. Yes, and he does ultimately, right? Yeah, right, right. right. Which comes up in a later reflection. Well, the reflections in the catechism, uh, you know, are not all specifically relating, talking about Zacchaeus, but Mm -hmm. in in substance they are. So uh, paragraph 549, which was cited again uh, in the Didache Bible as relating to this gospel, um, it says... By freeing some individuals from the earthly evils of hunger, injustice, illness, and death, Jesus performed messianic signs. Nevertheless, he did not come to abolish all evils here below, but to free men from the greatest slavery, sin, which thwarts them in their vocation as God's sons and causes all forms of human bondage. So it's really, you know, it's a greater miracle, really, in a way, than mere mere physical miracles because, you know, God has to deal with 
his gift of free will. Yes. We yes. can always, you know, when he decides that you can have your sight back or your leg uh, now walking and when it wasn't walking, mm-hmm. I mean, he doesn't have to consult you. Yeah. He can just do it. But um, to bring about repentance in people, he has to get a response right. from the person. So even for God, <laughs> yeah. uh, conversion is difficult, you know? Yes, it is. And I do think you put your finger on what is one of the chief mysteries of the Christian faith, and that is that God has made us for himself, mm-hmm. and yet we can choose to uh, avoid him, resist him, refuse mm-hmm. him, uh, run from him. Uh, and and that's a, that leads, of course, to the tragic necessity of hell. Because mm-hmm. we are immortal uh, by nature, mm-hmm. and so we will endure for all eternity. Mm-hmm. And the question will be, will we endure in union with God or in opposition to God? Mm-hmm. And um, so this, this, this focus on the conversion of the sinner um, is really central mm-hmm. uh, to the Christian story. Uh, mm-hmm. w- without this... Uh, really, uh, passion makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the calling of uh, Israel uh, out of Egypt makes no sense. Mm-hmm. I, this, right. it's really uh, this is. I think also this is one of the appeal uh, appealing features of the story, isn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. we we see somebody here who repents before our very eyes. Right, right. Um, and and you, you, I guess the question in always in people's minds is, well, why did God give that gift of free will? Why didn't he just, uh, if he wanted us all for himself, we could have just uh, come and been automatically programmed to go back to him. But but the the answer is a small four-letter word, and it's love. Yeah. He wanted love. Yep. Uh, He is love, and he wanted love. He didn't want Stepford children. Right, right. <laughs> you know? no. uh, so paragraph 2412 uh, says that Jesus blesses Zacchaeus for his pledge. If I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And that sounds so large, but it, apparently that was the maximum sentence. It says, you know, that in, in that day and age uh, was the maximum sentence that could be um, given to somebody for mm-hmm. who had stolen something. But he here he, Zacchaeus, is doing it um, freely. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. he says, though, but it, then the catechism goes on to remind us that of our obligation, it says those who directly or indirectly have taken possession of the goods of another are obliged to make restitution of them, or to return the equivalent in kind or in money, if the goods have disappeared, as well as the profit or advantages, uh, their own or would have legitimately obtained from them. Likewise, all in some manner have taken part in a theft or who have knowingly benefited from it, for example, those who ordered it, insisted in it, receive the stolen goods are obliged to make restitution 
in proportion to their responsibility into their share of what was stolen. You know, and I, I mm. couldn't help say what came into my mind. Uh, I guess it's because we're talking so much about it today, but I thought, how do you ever make restitution for a life stolen? Yeah. You know, and yeah. and, and that paragraph talks about um, those who indirectly were involved, which means those who enacted laws or pushed for laws. Right. Right. You know, we've now lost, what, 62 million yeah. lives. Yeah. How, how do you... You really have to rely, but there again, God's mercy. When when someone repents sincerely, He forgives even that sin. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Very important so, to keep that in mind. Yeah. Paragraph twenty-seven, twelve. Interestingly, it talks about contemplative prayer as the prayer of the child of God of the forgiven sinner course that's Zacchaeus who agrees to welcome the love by which he is loved and who wants to respond to it by loving even more which I would say is impossible to love more than God but <laughs> but he's trying to show that by saying he will give money back fourfold but he knows that the love he this is interesting that the love he's returning is poured out by the spirit in his heart for everything is grace from God, even even your repentance, of course. Contemplative prayer is the poor and humble surrender to the loving will of the Father in ever deeper union with his beloved Son. And then, you know, I consulted uh, three different Bibles to see what their reflection on the gospel was. There, one was the Ignatius uh, Catholic Study Bible mm-hmm. of the New Testament, and the Didache Bible that you gave me, yeah. and the Divine Mercy Catholic Bible. And each has uh, some different as well as similar reflections, but I'm going to skip down and maybe come back to the others because yeah. I think the most interesting one for me uh, came from the Divine Mercy Bible uh, where they do a bit of, um, shall we say, imaginative thinking but I think it it could very well be exactly on target. They say, Zacchaeus is not harmless. As chief tax collector, as you pointed out, he has become wealthy by defrauding taxpayers, but he does not seem to care that his sins have made him a social outcast. What does uh, Zacchaeus care about? He evidently cares mostly about money. When he hears about Jesus, however, something stirs inside him. In the midst of a crowd of people who hate him, Zacchaeus lets go of his pride and climbs a sycamore tree, as you pointed, like a child. Mm -hmm. Well, he was so short, he may have looked like a child, to catch a glimpse of the Lord. As if waiting for Zacchaeus to make such a move, Jesus comes over to him and says, Make haste and come down, for I am to stay at your house today. (laughs) Jesus' attitude toward Zacchaeus is the opposite of the crowds. While Zacchaeus' sinfulness causes others to hate him, it makes Jesus even more eager to minister to him. It takes only 
Jesus' simple act of mercy to elicit radical repentance from a man who needed God's mercy desperately. No. Christ calls us to treat others as he treated Zacchaeus. Each person, no matter how sinful, is created in God's image and likeness. Everyone is redeemable, and St. Faustina writes, O God, you are compassion itself for the greatest sinners who sincerely repent. Mm. Very good. Peggy, hold it there, okay? We'll come back and pick up this conversation. Looking at Luke chapter 19, first 10 verses, which will be the gospel reading for this weekend's Mass, and uh, we'll continue in just a moment. Good afternoon, I'm Al Cresta. With me, Peggy Stanton, as we take a look at the gospel reading for this weekend. It's uh, Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. It's the famed passage uh, with Zacchaeus, the tax collector. Um, Again, just uh, reminding you, Jesus goes into Jericho, and as he's passing through, uh, this fellow by the name of Zacchaeus, he's known as the chief tax collector. He's wealthy. He's made his living, you know, by defrauding others. Uh, he decides he wants to get, you know, get the best sh- look at it that he can. But he's short, so he climbs the sycamore tree. And uh, Jesus notices this effort on his part and uh, bids him to invite, in a sense, Jesus invites himself uh, to Zacchaeus's <laughs> <laughs> Zacchaeus's house, and um, if you're God, you can do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. And Zacchaeus seemed to like the idea too. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting that he, you know, you, know, you always wish you had more background on mm-hmm. these biblical characters, but it is it is fascinating uh, that when Jesus uh, invites him himself mm-hmm. to go to Zacchaeus's mm-hmm. house, that mm-hmm. he he comes down quickly. He, he he receives Jesus with joy, so you, you have to you say to yourself what what is going on? You wonder mm. what was his psychological state as he climbed that tree. Obviously, That's exactly what was on my mind, yeah. Al. Yeah, why did he want to? You know, what was his real motivation? Uh, the Mercy Bible seems to say something stirred in him, and uh, he was on his way to repentance. Yeah. Even before Jesus called him down, but or was he just curious? Here was this famous man, and and he was performing all these miracles. And gosh, I'd like to see him. I'd like to, yeah, the spectacle. I want to be yeah. there for yeah. this, uh, yeah. this grand figure who's coming through. Let me get a seat so <laughs> yeah. I can follow him. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he responds so quickly. Yeah, and 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 he doesn't just you know, welcome Jesus into his home, but he makes this statement that uh, I'm going to give to the poor half of my Mm -hmm. possessions. Yeah. He is going to repay four times over for any extortion or defraud that he's done. And and Jesus says salvation has come to this house. 
it all seems so quick, doesn't it? Exactly. And that's why I think it's probably right that uh, there was already what is called prevenient grace Mm -hmm. operating in his life Mm -hmm. uh, before conversion. um, And then we see conversion take place uh, right before our eyes, and we're kind of surprised at how quick it happened. But we have no idea how many sleepless nights he he had. Right. We we don't know how he had internalized all the criticism. I mean, the tax Mm. collector... Is an is an outsider, right? Right. I mean, he's, right. Uh, if you remember in the uh, Matthew in the uh, series, the chosen, right? Yeah, is is, a, is very much seen as an outsider. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sycamore tree is, a, a, I'm told, is a botanical outsider. It's not native to this particular area. Ah. Uh, and so it's interesting that the social outsider climbs the <laughs> botanical <laughs> outsider. outsider. <laughs> <laughs> now, <laughs> yeah. And you can picture that. You know, there's something, I, I think one of you said that it, people love this gospel. And maybe, because you can all picture that. I yeah. mean, I I can, yep. it really brings out a picture of this little guy running up the tree to get a look. And it's so comical in some ways. Yeah. Uh, and yet it's very serious. The outcome is very serious. Yep. And uh, I I think that again Luke uh, Luke includes it here uh, again because it, as as Jesus is uh, going through Jericho uh, on his way to Jerusalem uh, he is again moving um, towards Toward the, the confron- yeah. yeah he's going to the confrontation at the temple mm-hmm. and. Um, where Jesus' authority is going to be questioned mm-hmm. by those who actually do hold uh, the power uh, in, uh, you know, Second Temple Judaism's power, uh, hierarchy, uh, mm-hmm. the scribes, the Pharisees. Uh, and I think it's interesting that before Jesus confronts them, uh, going into his, uh, again, towards his passion, mm-hmm. that he's he's already accepted into his community mm-hmm. Zacchaeus who yeah. is an outsider and he's an outsider because the people don't like him and he's an outsider because the scribes and Pharisees <clears throat> don't care for him either they'll use him but they don't mm-hmm. care for right. him either he's mm-hmm. still considered unclean yeah. even by the scribes and Pharisees so uh, but I, Jesus is on his way to becoming an outsider. Exactly. And he's he, got Zacchaeus. I can imagine Zacchaeus, you know, going with him, in fact. Yeah. I'm, I'm fantasizing a little bit here. Yeah. But it would I be, wonder if he did. Right. Yeah, that's a good right. question. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I do think that in the way Zacchaeus sets us up for the conflicts that mm. are uh, about to occur in, uh, you know, in the close of Chapter 19 and on into uh, Chapter 20. Yeah. Well, um, uh, the Didache uh, talks about uh, Zacchaeus serves as a real-life example of what Christ taught in all of his parables about repentance. In other words, he think of all, uh, so many parables were fiction, and they were uh, uh, Jesus' imagination. Sure. But Zacchaeus is a real person. That's that's right. Yes, very much. This is real history we're looking at here. Yeah. 
And then, you know, he refers to him. Uh, I hadn't thought, I wondered about it, but I hadn't really, d- d- you know, discerned what our Lord meant when he referred to Zacchaeus as a son of Abraham. But that was a special reference because it it indicates that Zacchaeus was not just merely a Jewish person, you know, a member of the chosen people, but he was an example of, uh, or he was he was moving after the example of Abraham's, who gave an example of faith. I mean, Abel, Abraham never uh, collected taxes or anything, but uh, but. Um, you know, he had such great faith that he was willing to take the life of his own son. Now, uh, this is clearly an example of uh, active and lively faith. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, that's why he's so quickly, um, almost almost uh, irresponsibly. I mean, yeah. he gives away half of his wealth to the poor, and he promises to, you know, re- uh, reimburse oh. those he's defrauded uh, fourfold. And uh, he's going to end up with nothing. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm worried about Zacchaeus. <laughs> yeah. But I do, I do think that this is a again, as you pointed out as we began this conversation, um, this segment that this shows in history the fulfillment of those conversion stories that Jesus had um, crafted for us mm-hmm. in the parables. And I, I think it, all, it is also significant that it's his, it comes just before he's, uh, again, uh, going into the uh, temple. But it also shows, Al, I've often, uh, the absolute tremendous power of our Lord's presence. I mean, he, he turns around. I mean, granted, as you make the point, that things must have been stirring inside him, but immediately all Jesus has to say is come I must stay at your house and he's ready to throw everything out the window for Jesus and the apostles I mean the way the stories are told that he says come all he says is come follow me and they drop everything and follow him I mean I just always wonder what it must that would be something to watch what was it in his eyes, in his face, or his voice, or just his mere presence, I guess everything wrapped together, would was so powerful. Well, it, this is why it's important to remember that the Gospels are themselves crafted. They are literary projects. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and they have all this attention to detail, mm-hmm. what's omitted, what's included, mm-hmm. all of that is significant. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, for instance, in in this passage we're looking at in Luke mm-hmm. chapter nineteen, he you know Zacchaeus addresses Jesus as Lord, just mm-hmm. like the blind man had done in the previous chapter. You know, mm, right. and just uh, again like Abraham, uh, you know, uh, speaking to his guests, uh, Jesus is regarded as the. The guest of Abraham is often thought of as the pre mm-hmm. a pre incarnate Christ. So that's often been suggested to looking back in the life of Abraham. Mm-hmm. But Zacchaeus says, you know, he's going to turn his life around. And uh, I, we don't know what happens afterwards, 
And mm. this is also something which is a little puzzling, I think, to us. Mm. We see these conversions take mm-hmm. place, like in this mm-hmm. case with Zacchaeus, mm-hmm. and we really don't have uh, notice what ha- what happened afterwards. Mm-hmm. I mean, did he join? You know, did yeah. he join the Jesus movement? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't yeah. know. So no, that 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 uh, you 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 wonder. Um, I, I guess it is. It's again. I just go back to the power of Christ's presence, and the fact that as he proceeds to Jerusalem and he comes in and he's riding on the donkey, mm-hmm. and everyone is throwing palm branches and hallelujah and all this. I and you, as you say, so much is left out. How it, I keep asking myself: How could people who were doing that? And reverencing him and and knowing all the mighty deeds that he performed, uh, suddenly turn against him and want to kill him. Uh, yeah, I, it's that's again one of those time and again we don't see the mystery of the human heart here. Mm-hmm. We're not aware of the prevenient grace stirring in Zacchaeus's heart, but mm-hmm. we see the manifestation of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we see the uh, those who you know on Palm Sunday, who are declaring uh, Jesus Lord as He's coming in, the, He the King is arriving, and mm-hmm. they seem to have a very clear picture in their yeah. mind of mm-hmm. what uh, what redemption, what salvation, what mm-hmm. restoration, uh, what renewal He's going to be bringing, mm-hmm. and uh, but they're you know they're quickly within a week uh, they. The picture of what they had expected was was uh, destroyed, and mm. the faith that was their faith wasn't in Christ. Their faith was in the vision they had of their own kingdom coming. Uh, mm-hmm. it, they they were more attached to their vision of the future than they were to the one who holds the future in his hands, and I think that's. The only way I can make sense of the fact that the crowd on Palm Sunday is also uh, the crowd uh, jeering Jesus on Good Friday. Yeah, but but on Palm Sunday, they seem to be accepting that spiritual mode of Christ. They Or do you think when he came in on the donkey, they, they really were thinking he was going to run the Romans out, and <laughs> even though he was only riding on a donkey, uh, that that he would overpower them. And then when they overpowered him instead, the the whole crowd just immediately turned the other way. Well, I, I don't think they turned uh, immediately. I think that as the week progressed, mm-hmm. uh, especially once you get to uh, the arrest, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the trials, the standing mm-hmm. before Pilate, mm-hmm. uh, I think what happens is you they're resentful uh they've they have they've made a huge mistake they've invested in mm. a in a pretender in their mind mm. and mm. Th- that produces violence they've been mm-hmm. de- they themselves feel defrauded uh, you know yeah well, that's, that's, and the human heart can turn so quickly and and that's what we see time and again here we're not given mm. a whole lot of the psychological antecedents to these changes. We're just shown what they are, and I think the reason for the omission is just to force us to consider our own inner process on this. 